All right, we're glad to see you back tonight right after services. We're having a blowtorch burning party for all this stuff right up here at the front. In the meantime, let's all grab a hymn book, stand to our feet tonight. Brother. Come on, buddy. Amen. And you read song book tonight, hymn number 46. Page 46, I'd rather be an old-time Christian. We'll do the first and last verse, hymn number 46 tonight. Josh comes. Let me give you just a couple of announcements. Pray for Amber Mize tonight, if you would. You may have seen her leave step out today. Her mom had to take her to the ER. Uh, some uh, minor complications with the earlier procedure, but you pray for her. She's doing okay. And uh, good reports that we got today from Brother Billy Whitlow. He actually walked a mile yesterday, and that's just tremendous considering what he's been through. But continue to pray for him. Brother Robert Turner's continuing to improve, uh, and we praise the Lord for that. But uh, lift him up in prayer also. Pray for services tonight. We're we're looking forward for God to speak to us. Josh, you come pray for us, preacher, and let's ask the Lord to meet with us. Pray, buddy. Let's pray. Dearly, Father, we just come to you tonight, God. We just want to thank you for the opportunity to be in your house once again. Lord, we just don't take this opportunity for granted. Lord, I pray that you'll be with the services tonight, God, and I pray that you'll remember each and every one of these requests that have been made, Lord, and those that are battling with different things, Lord, in their lives. I pray that you'll just touch them. Lord, I pray that you'll be with all those lost loved ones out there, Lord. I pray that you'll just touch their hearts, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you'll be with those that are in this service tonight, God. If there be one here tonight, Lord, that's lost, I pray that you'll just open their hearts and minds, Lord. And I pray that they'll come to this altar before it's too late, Lord, and get saved. 
Lord, I just pray that you'll be with each and every one of us here. Lord, I pray that you'll be with Brother Greg as he brings us the message tonight. And Lord, I pray that you'll just speak through him and touch each one of us. And these things we ask in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's stay standing. Thank you, Josh. Come get us a song to fellowship on. Ken, lead us tonight if you would. Amen. Page 401, your red book. We'll do that first and last verse since we didn't have a choir tonight. Hymn number 401, first and last verse, the unclouded day. Tell me of a home far beyond the skies. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an unclouded sky. Oh, they tell me of a home. Storm clouds. 
all tearing that up tonight, ain't you, ladies? That's a pretty good. It's almost like we worked on it all week long, ain't it, babe? All right. Well done. Thank you so much. You, you, I, I thought you'd gotten mad and leaving on me, Miss Lisa. <laughs> All right, thank you for being here tonight. Let me give you some quick announcements this evening. First of all, senior saints that are heading uh, to the uh, trip this October up to Sight and Sound Theater in Lancaster. Don't forget, you got to pay your deposit of $60 by Wednesday night. That secures your ticket, so that's absolutely essential. If you're going to go, you got to turn that deposit in. The rest of the money's due later, but the deposit's got to be paid by Wednesday night. Also, Women's Mountain Retreat to sign up is up. It's over in the postal area. So any of the ladies that are going with us uh, in that capacity, I'll let this, uh, I'll put this on your radar. I already shared this with the choir. Uh, Kyla has written a new song specifically for our church. Uh, yeah, it's pretty spectacular. I was pretty honored by it. In fact, uh, she wrote it uh, a couple of weeks just before our Christmas production last year. Uh, and it didn't fit. We couldn't use it. We got a little bit late. Lord willing, we're going to use it this coming year for Christmas. But she's going to teach. She's going to come down here in July uh, and teach it to our church, our choir, our ladies, and then any of the ladies that are uh, uh, attending and able. Well, one of her aims is that she sings it or it gets debuted at Women's Mountain Retreat. But she wrote it specifically, to be honest with you, at my son's request. Uh, he told her uh, the title of what we were doing in our drama last year, and the Lord spoke to her about it. And so she's written a new song called Mary of Bethany. She's going to be here in July. What's the date, baby? Look up on your phone and tell me, and I'll put it in the bulletin. Uh, but uh, you keep that in mind. I'm looking at her for answers, like always, because you know it's in her phone. Amen. Uh, then also, don't forget golf tournament. Uh, uh, those of you that are helping out with that, we need you uh, to please continue to be selling those sponsorships. Uh, we appreciate the work that's already been done in that capacity. And if you're going to uh, participate, the sign-up sheets are on the back of our uh, flyer. Uh, you can make all that information is there, uh, so keep that in mind. And finally, graduation events are coming up soon, so help us remember that if you would. All right. Make your way down, gentlemen, if you haven't worshipped the Lord tonight with tithes and offerings. Come on this evening. And ladies, I need you all to play for us tonight. You be obedient to him. Let's ask God's blessings on the offering. Congregation, I want you to turn in your Bibles tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Lord, bless the offering tonight. Lord, thank you for your blessings upon our lives. Uh, we'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. chapter 4 tonight, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 tonight. I'm going to read just the first two verses. And I mentioned to you this morning that I was going to talk to you tonight about leadership. About leadership. We have, 
Over the last few weeks, especially on Wednesday nights and then a couple of weeks on Sunday mornings, talked about the fight that we're in for our faith today and how the world seems to have gone crazy and especially even in our own country where our Christian faith has come under attack. You have amen me as I've preached about it. You have listened so politely as I have read you so many examples of how the faith that made this country what it is is now under attack from society. One of the, I think, most telling characteristics of the culture war that we're engaged in today is the absolute disrespect uh, that are provided to leaders, starting at the top all the way down. May I make a blunt statement? I don't care what our political affiliation is. The Bible is still plain that we are to pray for those that have the authority over us. Whether that person is a Democrat after his name or Republican after her name or whatever the case may be, we are commanded to, to pray for them. I'm a big believer that if we're praying for them, we can't disrespect them. We have leveled the opportunity today, or lost the opportunity, I should say, to demonstrate faith when the respect that is due basic leaders has fallen by the wayside. In fact, I'm of the mindset that things have just gotten downright nasty today, downright ugly on so many levels. It is, without a doubt, a challenging time in our church. And I say church collectively, not this church, but all churches. It's a challenging day facing our churches, and there is a great need for Christian leadership. Uh, one leader that I love to read after from yesteryear, Lee Robertson, who was the founder of Tennessee Temple University, was very, very famous for a quote on leadership that's now have been adopted by a secular uh, author named John Maxwell. And he says the following, very simply, everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So let's see what Scripture says about this. To this Corinthian church, and if you've been with me any time, you know you've heard me say this, this church gave Paul a fit. Of all the churches that Paul started and wrote to and prayed for, this is the one that gave him a fit. And so he said to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Let a man so account of us, as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewardship that a man be found faithful. So often, this verse, especially verse number 2, is a verse that pastors and preachers utilize to talk about the faithfulness that's needed in giving, tithes and offerings. That is certainly one form of stewardship. But I want to remind you that verse number 1 talks about the fact that the leaders of the church are being mentioned. He says again, Let a man account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. He is speaking about those who are in a leadership position. Uh, Dr. Godwin has done multiple sessions and courses on leadership at our college and one of the things that she has often said, and she's dead on when she says this, leadership has nothing to do with a title. Leadership comes at every level. It comes in many capacities. It comes in many forms. Uh, and so tonight, 
when we're talking about leadership, I want you to understand that I am in one sense uh, being a little bit self-serving. Indeed, we're talking about the pastor and the assistant pastor and the deacons uh, and the Sunday school teachers at our church. Uh, but you also understand that most of us, uh, and I say that first person intentionally, we have leaders everywhere we go. We have leaders at work, uh, we have leaders in society, uh, we have leaders at home, we have leaders all around us, uh, and I submit to you uh, that that leadership is there for our benefit. I've, you've heard me say it many times the last three weeks, the absence uh, of leadership is not freedom, uh, the absence of leadership is anarchy. The leaders uh, are there for our benefit. So I want to give you tonight, quickly, four or five ways that we can do exactly what we're told to do in verses 1 and 2, to esteem our leaders. What does that mean? That's the title of the message tonight, Esteem Our Leaders. Five things I'll give you. Most of them make common sense, but I've come to realize that common sense is not too common today. Somebody say amen right there. Number one. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our leaders. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you. Now, if you stop there, uh, you might not understand that this is being spoken of here, spiritual leaders. You might think those mean community leaders or your workplace leaders. Uh, but the author of Hebrews goes on to say, Who have spoken unto you the word of God. God. So let me read that completely. Remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God. This is not a suggestion. This is not a request. This is a commandment. We are commanded to pray for our leaders. I want to give you a couple of things specifically to pray for for your leaders. And again, whether we're talking tonight about spiritual leadership or secular leadership, the writer of Hebrews is speaking spiritually. But I want to give you two things tonight specifically to pray about regarding spiritual leadership. Number one, pray for their health. Pray for their health. One of the things that I shared with my wife over Christmas and the first three months of this year were that it was very clear to me that God was about to do something very special in our church in 2018. Why? Because the leaders of our church were under a physical attack. I'm not one of those who speaks in that kind of language, and I don't believe that every stump toe is an act of Satan, but I do know that we had people who were the picture of health as part of the leadership team of this church who suddenly were almost completely incapacitated. You'll never convince me that Satan wasn't trying to destroy the leadership of this church. I am so glad tonight that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Pray for the health of our leaders. I don't mind telling you this. When Brother Tim had his stroke and we were there, in fact, we were at Roanoke. Renee and I were in Roanoke and Sherry called and we met the ambulance as it was coming. They got there just a bit before we did. And I'm standing over the bed and, and I'm, I'm tore up. Sherry's tore up. Everybody's wanting to know what's going on. And I got real selfish with God. I mean, real selfish with God. I said, Lord, his family needs him, but our church needs him. So I need you to do something. Amen. Pray for the health of our leaders. Secondly, I'm going to give you a phrase that's right out of the book of Job. Right out of the book of Job. Pray for a hedge of protection about our leaders. Pray for a hedge of protection 
about our leaders. There is in society today, and in Christian society especially, a painful lack of leadership. I submit to you tonight, and we've seen it in our own community, that oftentimes when the enemy can take down a leader, he can wipe out the whole church with it. We've seen it happen in our community. We've seen how when the enemy attacks someone who is behind the pulpit or someone who is on the front lines, if you will, that when that leader falls, oftentimes many soldiers fall right down behind them. You listen to me carefully. Job said it. He asked for it. And so I ask you tonight to do the same thing for the church leadership. Pray for a hedge of protection about them. Why? Because Satan is real. Satan is alive and well, and he knows exactly where to hit every single one of us. Whether you sit in the pew, sit in the choir, teach Sunday school, or stand in the pulpit, he knows where to attack us, and he's just as real today as he ever was. Pray for our leaders. Number two, this may seem like a bold statement, and I'm going to tell you I am not speaking about Greg Hodges, but about the office of the pastor. Not only do I want to encourage you to pray for your leaders, but every once in a while I want to encourage you to praise your leaders. Why? Why? Dwight D. Eisenhower said, The supreme quality of leadership is unquestionably integrity. Without it, no success is possible. No matter whether it's on a gang, a football field, an army, or an office, or a pulpit, without integrity, there is no leadership. So what do you praise them for? What do you praise them for? Proverbs even commands us uh, that, uh, and if I'm going to use a a little bit of colloquial language, uh, a pat on the back goes a long way. What do we praise them for? Number one, praise them for their dedication to ministry. Praise them for their dedication to ministry. A lot of you like to read after Max Licato. I like to read after him as well. He says, a man who wants to lead the orchestra has to turn his back on the crowd. Think about that for just a second, church. A man who is going, or a woman, who's going in that case, lead the orchestra has got to turn his back on the crowd. What does that mean? If you're in a position of spiritual leadership, the crowd's not on your side. You won't always be popular, and I can promise you, you won't always be liked. Everybody won't always pat you on the back, and everybody won't always agree with you. So it does us all good to praise those folks who stand courageously for the cause of Christ. Praise them for their dedication. Secondly, praise them for their determination in compromising times. I'm going to give you a lot of quotes tonight. But my favorite quote that I've got next to scriptures that I'll share comes from Tony Blair. Tony Blair is the former prime minister of England. It's a simple thing that he said, but I love it. He said, the art of leadership is in actuality figuring out how to say no when everybody wants you to say yes. He said, it's easy to say yes. Leaders lead by knowing when they have to say no. Every parent in the building knows that when you say no to your children, it's not because you don't love them, it's because you do. 
when you say no to your children, it's not because you've got something against them, not because you don't want them to have fun. You say no to them because you understand that in this example, saying no is what is best for them. So when you praise them, praise them for not compromising. I'm not preaching to any church but ours. There's compromise all over the world today. And it takes real leaders to draw a line in the sand and say, we're not stepping over this line. Pray for our leaders. Number two, praise our leaders. Number three, and if I could hunker down for a little while, I'd hunker here. Number three, protect our leaders. Protect our leaders. What do they need protecting from? I could share stories with you that would blow your mind. John Maxwell says, Again, another author of leadership studies, he says the following. A leader is someone who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. He goes on to say, it's easy to know the way, but if you're not going the way and showing the way, you're not really leading. May I say again tonight, leaders are those who not only know the way, but their lifestyles show the way. And their words bring others along to go the way. Protect them. Protect them, two things, from the rumors associated with ministry. Protect them. And I'm speaking of the leadership of all levels. Protect them from the rumors associated with ministry. May I make a simple statement tonight? Don't believe everything you hear. And in this age of social media, don't believe everything you read. Don't believe everything somebody posts. I promise you uh, that there are always more sides to a story than what you're reading about in a post, in Facebook or Snapchat or Twitter or anything else. I promise you uh, that there's much underneath going on that someone doesn't speak about. Uh, and rumors are more often than not what destroys a ministry. Rumors are often what destroys a ministry. Let me give it to you in a simple thought. It can take decades to build a godly church and one rumor to destroy it. It's a staggering statement, isn't it? It can take decades to create a vibrant, God-blessed church and one silly rumor to destroy it. So before, let me give you a little, little bit of Gregology here. Before you take something as gospel, I would encourage you to take the person who's saying it and say, let's go talk to the preacher about that. Because it always blows my mind how the story changes like that. It always blows my mind how the indication changes like that. You see, folks, rumors are what ruins relationships, marriages, homes, and churches. Protect them from the rumors of ministry. And then I also have written down a simple thought. Protect them from the ravages of ministry. There's a story that I love to share. Some of you who've been in our church for any length of time, you've heard me talk about it. But it's an illustration that I think perfectly illustrates this idea of what happens when I talk about the ravages of ministry. Brother Barry Goodman pastors a church down in Shelby, South Carolina, called Faith Baptist Church. 
at one time, I don't know today, but at one time, it was the largest independent Baptist church in that region of, uh, of, 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 West, of Western North Carolina. And Brother Goodman uh, preached a couple of years at our tent meeting, and he preached at our church uh, when we were at the old facility. One night after preaching at our church, I took him out for dinner. Brother Goodman stands about this tall, bald as he can be, uh, and just wide open all the time. And I took him out for dinner, and I asked him how the church was going, and he began to tear up. His wife, Ava, was there with him, and it was just me and Renee and Ava and Barry. And I said, Brother Goodman, is everything all right? My wife and I had been to that church a few times. It is a powerful, amazing church. And I looked at him and said, Brother Goodman, is everything all right? And he looked at me, and he couldn't speak. Miss Ava said, Preacher, they've put my husband through the ringer. And I said, What do you mean, Miss Ava? It was actually Ava who began to share this story. Now, this was in October, and the events had happened in May and June. The youth leader of the church had come to talk to Brother Goodman and said, such and such person, a single man in the church, has a pool and has invited the youth group, the boys, to come to his house for a swimming party. Wanted to make sure that was okay with you, Brother Goodman, before we agreed to it. Brother Goodman said, you know, I don't think we need to do that. And all of a sudden, the youth leader got very angry. Very angry. Brother Goodman said, I, you know, I'm not going to give you all the reasons, but I'm going to ask you just to please trust me. We're not going to do this. The youth leader got even angrier. And he began to talk. Began to share some things that were just not true about how Brother Goodman didn't want the teenagers to have fun and this was just going to be the boys and how he was acting foolish. And by the time it was all said and done, seven families got up and walked out. What they didn't know and what Brother Goodman could not tell him is that that fella was under federal investigation for child pornography. What he couldn't tell them was that fella, the cops had already been to his office to talk about twice uh, because years prior that fella had been a Sunday school teacher. So Brother Goodman said, please understand, I can't discuss it with you. Just trust me on it. Uh, and would you agree that that's a very good reason not to let some young teenage boys uh, go to the swimming pool? Before it was all said and done, 40 people had walked out. That's what I'm talking about when I say the ravages of ministry. Brother Goodman sat there, tears streaming down his face. And he said to me, Preacher, my youth minister has come back and apologized. But those other 40 families, they're hurting. They've walked out. They're in pain. I can't fix them. He can't fix them. You see what happens when we don't understand the ravages of ministry. The very innocent ones we're hoping to serve get hurt. Protect them from the rumors. Protect them from the ravages of ministry. So number one, pray for your leaders. Number two, praise our leaders. Number three, protect our leaders. Number four, this is my favorite one, participate with your leaders. Participate with your leaders. What do I mean by that? Proverbs 29, 18 says, When there is no vision, the people perish. The people perish. Last year, without taking out to lunch, uh, 
another preacher in our community. He'd asked me out to lunch, and so we worked on a time that fit my schedule and his schedule. And he started quoting this verse to me. He said, where there is no vision, Pastor Greg, the people perish. So he looked at me, and he said, outline for me your vision for SAGBC. 30 minutes later, I'm still talking. I've given him my three-month goals, our six-month goals, our one-year goals, what I want to see accomplished in five years, uh, what I want to see happen with our new college, what I want to see happen here uh, with a child care center, uh, all these things that I'm outlining. 30 minutes later, uh, he said, you know what, you can stop. You can stop. And I looked at him, and he said, and I said, share with me your vision for your church. And he went, miss, can we have the check? Amen. I want you to understand something, folks, and I say this with all sincerity participating with your attendance and your amens is one of the grandest things you can do. You know, you're not someone who expresses vocally, that's just fine, but a smile goes a long way. A nod, an understanding goes a long way. And then let me also say, participating with good attitudes helps as well. Would every, every parent of a teenager, you need to say amen right here. Attitude is everything. Amen. Attitude. Attitude is everything. I use this analogy all the time. Doing something with a good attitude is what obedience is. That's not what I'm talking about. Amen. Attitude is everything. Number five tonight. Number one, pray for our leaders. Number two, praise our leaders. Number three, protect. Number four, participate. And number five, I'm remiss to even to bring this one out because this church is embarrassingly kind to us. Brother Ken has said much the same thing. I have number five down, provide for our leaders. And I say that again, I feel remiss even mentioning this, but because this church is so, so good to my family. I say all the time, I get embarrassed about how good the church is. Not so embarrassed that I want you to quit. <laughs> but I get embarrassed about how good the church is. May I pause a moment and say, I believe that's one of the reasons God blesses this church. How do I know that? First Timothy chapter 5 verse 17 says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Can I paraphrase that? That simply means take financial good care of those who have the spiritual care of the church. One of the great ways that you can get God's blessings on a church is to care for the leadership of the church. And again, I'm preaching to the choir on this because you all do an incredible job of taking care of me and my family. But I want to share with you two stories that illustrate the opposite. I have in my files dozens of these. And I get remiss to bring them out. It breaks my heart when I talk about them. There is one church down in North Carolina. If I said the name of it, a lot of you would know the church. And a lot of you would know the pastor of the church. So I don't. But this particular pastor and his wife had been at that church 42 years. 42 years they'd been at that church. They had been the full-time minister of that church, no other job. Lived in the parsonage of that church. That's the only home they'd known. 
the husband, the pastor, at the age of 65, unexpectedly dropped dead of a heart attack. And they walked into that widowed wife. The deacons walked in and gave her two weeks to clean her stuff out of the parsonage. Two weeks. 42 years they'd given to that church, and she had two weeks to clean her life out. I can give you one better. A church, again, most of you wouldn't know this one. In fact, I've had four people tell me of this story. Most of you wouldn't know this church or know this pastor. But again, an unusual circumstance. Been pastoring there for a long, long time. The pastor unexpectedly drops dead again of a heart attack. There's a theme there, just saying. Unexpectedly drops dead of a heart attack. They have the visitation and the funeral at the church. The family has provided a meal at the parsonage that evening and the deacons come to the house that night and give her till Friday to clean out. Five days. Five days. Can I pause just a moment and say, when society hears about that, it is no wonder they look at us sometimes and think, I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want anything to do with that. God blesses the church that blesses their leaders, that takes care of their leaders. I will never forget when I was candidating at Amazing Grace. One more story and I'm done. I was candidating at Amazing Grace. Pastor Jerry Whitlow had recommended me. I was deeply honored that he did so. And I go in and I'm interviewing with the three deacons, uh, or two deacons, two deacons and Brother Fred Rigney. Some of you remember Brother Fred, big fella, big guy. I walk in, and Brother Fred's sitting at the pastor's desk. And I looked at him, and my eyes got big, and he said, Don't worry, Brother Greg, this is the only chair I can fit in. Amen. <laughs> and he starts off by asking me some questions, and we, we go through some really important doctrinal stuff. And then I, he asked me an important question. He said, Brother Greg, I know your family, you and your wife, are rather musically inclined. Would you share with us the instruments that you play? So I shared him the instruments that I play. And then he said, would you share with me the instruments that your wife plays? He shared, I shared the instruments that Renee plays. And he looked at the other two and he said, not only are we going to make him a pastor, we're going to give him $100 a week for every instrument that they play. I said, cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. We had a good time about that with Brother Fred. But here's what I want you to understand, folks. From that moment till now, 17 years later, 17 years next week, in fact, Mother's Day. This church has been so good to my family. Here's what I wanted to say to you. If God forbid I'm the one that drops dead of the heart attack, whoever stands up there, you need to be just as good. You need to be just as kind. And you need to bless just as much. I'm not going anywhere. Amen. <laughs> but whoever's standing there, God will bless the church that blesses its pastor. So here's what we're going to say one more time. Pray for our leaders. Praise our leaders. Protect our leaders. Provide for our leaders. And participate with our leaders. I want to close tonight with this simple statement. Brother Ken, I love you, buddy. And I appreciate so much what you bring to this church. I am deeply, deeply honored by what you and your wife bring to our congregation, to our deacons, brother and sister Coffee, I can't see you because of the sun, 
but I am deeply honored what you bring to this church. Brother and Sister Biggs, Brother and Sister Helbert, Brother and Sister Upchurch, Brother and Sister Cassidy, Brother and Sister Nichols, all of you. I am deeply, deeply honored of what the leadership brings to this church. So when you lay your head down tonight, would you join me in praying for those men and their spouses? Because I promise you, Satan is alive and well, seeking whom he may devour. Stand to your feet with me tonight. Such a simple thought, but I think so important. So important. I'm going to ask all my deacons and their wives. You're not going to play tonight, Miss Coffey. I want all my deacons and their wives, Brother Ken, Miss Susan. I want you all to come down here tonight, if you would. All of you, come on, that are here. I know some of you are not here tonight, but I want you to come down tonight. We're just going to kneel together at this altar. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you to pray. Y'all just come on, pray here with us. We're going to pray together. And I want you to pray with us tonight. Father in heaven, I am so honored to stand with these men and these women, the leadership here at SAGBC. Lord, I'm so grateful for their stand with us. and Lord, their willingness to be part of this ministry. Lord, everything rises and falls on leadership. Lord, there's far too much happening at this ministry for one person to try to handle it. Lord, I get astounded when I sit back and think about all the things that are happening here that you have your hand on and you have your hand in. So, Lord, I'm going to pause just a moment and do what we just preached about. I'm going to pray for the health of these men and these women. Satan would love to destroy what God's doing here, but by the grace of God, we're not going to let it happen. Lord, I want to pray for their families right now. I want to pray for a hedge of protection about their children, their grandchildren, whatever it is that they're battling, because I know Satan can get to us through our children. He can destroy homes by attacking the weak and the youngest. So, Lord, I pray a hedge of protection around their kids and their grandkids, and, Lord, their siblings, their parents, whoever it is that they're caring for. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. Lord, thank you for their stand with us. Lord, I think great things are in store for SAGBC. Lord, I'm glad tonight the greater is he that is in us than that old sorry devil that's in the world. Lord, I thank you for those that are on staff with us here at the church. Lord, I thank you for the stand that they take. And Lord, their participation in the work of this church. For the Sunday school teachers, for the youth leaders, for those who work the nursery, those that sing in the choir. Leaders come at all levels. And I am so thankful for the leadership that we have here at this church. Bless us as we serve this community. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're dismissed tonight. Thank you for being here. We love you this evening.